This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome all of you that are tuning in to this warning program, television, listening on radio, social media. Welcome. It's a live audience staff of World Ministries International and their families in our chapel here at World Ministries International. Today I'm going to speak on why God delays answering our prayers. Why God delays answering our prayers. This is something most people, if not every person at one time in their life, has asked. Now some people have been veterans, they're still asking that. Now, again, you understand the Word of God, you should understand it. The sermon should be just repetition. There's reasons God doesn't answer our prayers on our time schedule. A lot of you have taken classes even in this room. Watchmen and others have told us why God deals with us. To kill us. In other words, our carnality. Truly. It's a true statement. The Holy Spirit can't move you in powerful ways until you get out of the way. Some people might not want to hear that, but that is just the reality of it. The Bible teaches there are reasons why our prayers sometimes are not immediately answered. David Wilkerson said, In adversity, he, God, teaches us about the depths of his love. In adversity. I did a series a few years ago on the movers and shakers of the Great Awakening and how they learned the depths of his love through much adversity, some of them on the verge of death, and how they would do anything to serve God, anywhere to be in a service led by the Holy Spirit. They would go any distance. They hungered and thirsted, not like the church today. You say, why aren't we having another Great Awakening? Most of the church doesn't want it. Well, sure we want it. No, you don't. You're not willing to pay the price. Revival is here. It's in you or it's not in you. If you don't see it manifested around you, it's because you are not moving with revival. Watchman Nee would say, quote, God is killing you. The carnal, prideful person. So the spiritual man can be used, unquote. We humans have so much pride that needs to be burnt out of us that it takes a lifetime of problems to continue to sanctify us before God can use in greater anointings and miracles. 
In Isaiah chapter 29, the prophet Isaiah warns the people in Jerusalem that they were about to face a great test of faith, where they would be humbled as they would wake up one day and see a vicious Assyrian army outside of their walls. You know, we are at that point in America of an invading army. We have raging wolves right now in our government, raging wolves in many of the churches. Paul warned of raging wolves coming in, twisting the word of God for their personal gain, but no longer making the word of God powerful, effective. It's no longer preached and taught as Jesus did, as, as it is even written. They've manipulated it. Now you're supposed to be saved if you say, I love Jesus. Well, that means the devil's saved. Mental assent. We recognize he's real. But what happened to the three years that Jesus walked and taught? You think he wasted his time? That's what you're supposed to be living. Not just say, Jesus is God. That's mental recognition. Yes, he is God, and everybody knows it. The devil knows it. But what happened to the three years of holiness, righteousness, what he taught you to live? If you love me, keep my commandments. You cannot take away those three years and say you're born again. You're not born again. You had the hypocrisy or deception to say a, a, a word of acknowledgement that he is God. So what? That doesn't impress God. In fact, judgment will fall on you if you don't live by those three years. Isaiah 29, 1 through 24. We're going to use it as our study guide today. Point number one, woe to Jerusalem. Judgment on Judah. Note, Ariel, which means the Lion of God, is another name for Jerusalem. Isaiah 29, 1 through 6. Woe to Ariel, or Jerusalem, the city where David dwelt, and you Year to year, let them kill sacrifices. Okay, so what? You do sacrifices. If you don't live by the word of God, your sacrifices mean nothing. So what? You drop some money in the offering plate. If you don't live by the word of God, your money means nothing. Yet I will distress Ariel, Jerusalem, in other words, the people in it, and there shall be heaviness and sorrow, and it shall be unto you me as Ariel. It shall be unto me as Ariel. You know, God doesn't like it when we live a life that brings judgment. I don't like it if my children live a life, turn away from the word of God, and now they have, so to speak, judgment or problems in their life. I don't like it. It hurts me. And I will camp against thee round about and will lay siege against thee with a mount and I will raise forts against thee. In other words, the Lord is allowing this, this army to discipline the people of God. He's allowing it. Our topic is why God delays answering our prayers. 
Thou shalt be brought down and shall speak out of the ground, and thy speech shall be low out of the dust, and thy voice shall be as one that has a familiar spirit. Out of the ground and thy speech shall whisper out of the dust. Wow. Words of vanity. Death. Moreover, the multitude of thy strangers shall be like small dust, and the multitude of terrible ones shall be as chaff that passeth away. Yea, it shall be at an instant suddenly. Like the sea, the sands of the sea. So many problems, so many enemies. Thou shalt be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder, with earthquake, with great noise, with storm and tempest, and the flame of devouring fire. We like to be visited by the Lord by uh, blessings and money and, and pats on the back. And, uh, but this is not what he says he's going to do. Not to these people. Point number two, Isaiah 29, 7 and 8, is a promise by God that all armies of the nations that come against Jerusalem will be destroyed. When Jesus comes to take over the kingdoms of this world, except a sixth part of them. Yes, God will judge, as we know in the book, The Science of Judgment. Those nations he allows to execute his judgment on other nations. Then when their cup of iniquity becomes full, he'll judge them. We know what's going to happen before Jesus comes out of heaven to do battle at the battle of Armageddon. He destroys five, six of the armies of the earth that come to fight against his people. He destroys them. And the multitude of all the nations that fight against Ariel, Jerusalem, even all that fight against her and her munition and that distress her shall be as a dream of a night vision. It shall be even as when a hungry man dreameth and behold, he eateth, but he waketh and his soul is empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreameth, and behold, he drinketh. But when he waketh, and behold, he is faint, and his soul hath appetite, so shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. You know, we can fight all we want against God. We can fight against his people. God allows, at times, other people to fight against us. But there is a day when they too will be held accountable for every deed done in the body. Under Crouch, the song, Through It All, I Learned to Trust in Jesus. Everybody I've ever known that walks with mighty anointing has gone through very deep waters and they learned to trust in Jesus. They didn't like it. You don't like it. Frankly, God doesn't care. He doesn't care if you don't like it. He wants to kill you so Jesus can reign through you. Your husband might be sorry for you, but that doesn't mean God is. Now, God wishes you would obey him on his terms without being spanked, just like a parent does. I don't, I've never liked to spank my kids. But if you love your kids, you have to spank them. When they grow up to be adults, if they violate the law, Society will hold them accountable. They might spend time in jail or prison. Does a parent still love them? Sure. 
Does God still love us when we're in disobedience? Yes. Does he wish we did not have to go through those troubles? Sure. But God will never force us to obey him. This is a choice because in eternity, he doesn't have any more time for rebellion. That rebellious spirit will die on earth in us or we'll never see heaven. He's not going to allow rebellion to continue in eternity. This is the choice we live on earth. Choose to stay who you will serve. If you want to look at the, some of the scriptures, talks about what God will do to the nations that fights against his people, Jerusalem. Ezekiel 39, 2. Ezekiel 63, 1 through 5. Joel 3. Zechariah 14, 2. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 10. Jude 14 through 15. And Revelation 11, 15, as well as Revelation 19, 11 through 21. Point number three, Isaiah 29, 9 through 14, explains the causes and reasons for their trial. Stay yourselves and wonder. Cry you out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, has closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers hath he covered. And the vision of all that is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I am not learned. Wherefore the Lord saith, for as much as his people draw near to me with their mouth. I love you. How many times have I heard that? Even in churches. Even in churches in the past that I have pastored. Yet people seem to make wrong choices. Their attitude isn't right. They don't want to listen. Oh, I serve God, but I don't want to listen. You don't serve God. He's placed that pastor in his representation in his place. A violation of authority is a violation against God. God places people in authority on earth. He's not going to come back in the flesh and do it for him. He places those in authority to guard your soul, to raise you, to counsel you, to teach you, to correct you. And when you argue against him, you're arguing against God. Wherefore the Lord saith, for as much as his people draw me, near to me with their mouth, with their lips to honor me, but have removed their heart from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Who do we serve? What are our choices? Therefore, behold, I'll proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and their understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Point number four, Isaiah 29, 15 through 16. Woe judgment on the hypocrite who tries to cover or hide their sins. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord. And their works are in the dark and they say, who seeth us? Who knoweth us? Surely a turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not? Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed him, 
he hath no understanding. Again, woe or judgment on the hypocrite who tries to cover their sins. Point number five, Isaiah 29, 17 through 24. A promise of forgiveness and restoration as the lessons were learned and healing given. You know, how long, how long do some things have to go? Just study the Bible and see how long. Some cases, 40 years in the wilderness. Some cases, the lessons were never learned and they died in the wilderness. Is it not yet a very little while in Lebanon shall turn into a fruitful field and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest? And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the terrible one is brought to naught and the scorner is consumed and all that watch for iniquity are cut off. That make a man an offender for a word and lay a snare for him that proveth in the gate and turn aside the just for a thing of naught. Therefore thus saith the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob. Jacob shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his face now wax pale or die. Many died when they were judged. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. Erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. You know, we've had whole classes in our Bible school on our tongue many times. Well, I'm not immoral. I'm not LGBT. I'm not a transgender. No, you're a big mouth. That behind closed doors, you talk against the pastor or anything else. And I, do you really study what God says he's going to do to you? It's as bad as a murderer. Or do you, you don't take the word of God seriously. As we learn, the city was besieged. The Assyrians raised up mounds outside the city gates to breach the walls. The Assyrian infantry would pound the city day and night with battering rams. This forced God's people to a place of moaning and groaning, and they wondered if their plight would ever end. This trial was so heavy that the people were broken by the battle and left with no strength but to whisper. Wow. Sometimes we go through deep, deep waters, deep, deep trials. This forced God's people to a place of moaning and groaning, and they wondered, will this ever end? The Assyrian army would pound the city day and night with battering rams. I'm telling you, if there's not a repentance throughout America, a great awakening, millions are going to die. And they're going to wonder if it's ever going to end. Isaiah's prophecy ended with hope that God would miraculously be faithful and deliver his people in his times. Point number six, many people feel their trial is endless and it will never stop. 1 Peter 4, 12-13 Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. 
but rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you shall be glad also with exceedingly joy. When his glory shall be revealed, you shall be glad. When the joy of the Lord is radiant out of you because the flesh is killed in you, you shall be exceeding glad. Point number seven, Jesus tells a story of a woman who never gave up but cried day and night for justice until the judge finally avenged her for her persistence in bothering him. Luke 18, 7 through 8. And it shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them, I tell you, that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth. And he spoke, Luke 1, 70 through 71, and he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, which has been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. Luke 1, 74 through 75, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. The Lord is promising us that no matter what is against us, no matter what is against us, he will deliver us. No matter what is against us, if we are truly one of his. The book of Revelation talks about the plagues of God, the judgment of God falling. Two billion people dying and still, instead of repenting, they shake their fist and curse at him. If we are really one of his, if we really examine ourselves, if we really repent, he will deliver us. The Bible says so clearly that judgment begins in the house of God. The church is going to experience a lot of persecution because the church right now is so evil, so immoral. They've twisted the word of God. God is not happy with the majority of churches. He's not happy with the majority of pastors. They have taken the place of God himself. When you twist the word of God, you think you're wiser than God or God is not wise. I can't imagine people so arrogant twisting the word of God and replacing it with your own philosophy or words. Well, I know the Bible says this, but I don't care. God helps you on judgment day. Did you hear me? God help you. You will care when you stand before him. The key is found in God's timing, not our schedule. God is doing a good work in us through our trials and tribulations, killing the old selfish man, including his doubts and unbeliefs, into a man of faith truly worthy to be called the son of God, walking in power and authority and healing the sick and doing miracles wherever we go. Isaiah 30, 18. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. 
and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. God is preparing us for heaven. He's allowing the carnal man to continually die so the spiritual man can walk as Jesus did with power and authority and miracles. I want you to order my book, The Science of Judgment. Then I want you to go to my website and join Eagle Saving Nations and give us your very best love offering so we can stay on this local television radio station. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, Man Can Turn into an Intelligent Beast to Do Evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and Its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus, if laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. Shalom.